welcome to the PRBI Insider presented by PR Boutiques International. The very best PR results required tailored strategies and individual attention. Effective techniques vary considerably from market to market and culture to culture. So when we create a program, rather than laying out prescribed solutions lacking in freshness and vitality, we start with careful consideration of our clients' objectives and plan a creative roadmap. This is the first of two interviews in this episode on the topic of the state of international PR. Joy's first guests are Taryn G. Ratton and Lee Weinstein, and her second guest is Peter Kaiser. I'd like to welcome you to the PRBI podcast series, Chats with the Experts. This is Joy Scott. I'll be your moderator. I am a member of PRBI and also head of an agency, boutique agency, Scott Public Relations, which specializes in healthcare insurance and technology. We are here today to talk about a groundbreaking study that PRBI has done looking into the attitudes and expectations and plans for companies around the world in global communications. And since PRBI is a global organization, Public Relations Boutiques International. This is a perfect topic for us. Today, our topic is the state of international PR, results from the global survey. Our guest today, first, I'd like to introduce Taranjeet Ratan. Taranjeet, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your agency? So I'm the managing partner and the founder of Nucleus Public Relations. It's a firm that is based out of Bangalore. And we have our offices in Mumbai, Delhi and Calcutta as well. So it's a boutique firm where we've slowly over the last 10 years gathered expertise in different verticals. It's a firm made up of seasoned professionals from across different kinds of industries, different kind of verticals in PR. And we majorly work with MNCs, SMEs and startups. Startups is an exciting field where we try and experiment a lot with different PR strategies, but MNCs and SMEs also pay the bread and butter. Okay, thank you. And thank you for traveling here from India. Thank you. And I'd like to welcome Lee Weinstein, who is our second guest today for our podcast. Lee is the current president of PRBI. Lee, tell us about you and your agency. Sure. I'm from Oregon, and we are a 10 and a half year old PR boutique. We have about 20 people who work with us, and we do a whole variety of different things, specializing in corporate communications, nonprofit communications travel and hospitality, healthcare, and a number of other areas. I'm a native Oregonian, used to work at Nike, was there for 15 years. Very pleased to have been the past president now, almost. Tomorrow is my last day as president of Public Relations Boutiques International. So recently, PRBI and its members completed a survey of 32 companies with headquarters in North and South America, Europe and Asia, about their perspectives and practices in public relations. They were asked about the role of public relations in their firms, how important PR was to their company's success, the structure of their staff, their use of outside resources, how they measured success and other topics. You can read the results of the survey on the PRBI website, prboutiques.com. And today we're going to cover some of the highlights of those survey results and what they might mean for companies and for agencies. So why don't we start first with uh, what were some of the major findings that came out of the survey? 
Lee, would you like to address that? Sure. Thanks, Joy. And we found a number of key things. One thing that I know personally we've been experiencing with my firm, but we're seeing this from the 32 different companies around the world, that there's really been a dissolution of the traditional boundaries between PR and marketing. A lot more PR agencies and departments are doing marketing very involved there. We're seeing that there's been growing communication budgets, or at least constant. The average increase amongst these companies is 1% to 10%. The increasing importance of boutique PR agencies that are valued because of their significant senior level expertise, their personalized and independent service and specialization uh, that we can offer as well. What we're also finding is that the top goals of the communications programs at these companies were to support the general corporate goals, influencing external audiences and demographics, and supporting, obviously, corporate growth and profit. But they're also finding that there are goals for these programs that really measure positive media coverage and in terms of influencing corporate information flow. But increasingly, these firms are looking at social media metrics as part of what they're being measured against as our industry continues to look at measurement. And the last couple of things is that developing the social media content and content just generally overall is a key thing that corporate communications departments and their agencies need to be doing. 40% of our respondents said that they spend between 21 and 30% of their PR budgets in this area. And that a traditional PR work and media coverage Uh, remains essential. We still get to do that. And it's really imperative. But now, you know, we're looking at more and more at at influencers, as well as media being part of that. And then finally, that there's been an increasing shift from earned media to paid media. And we're seeing that really all over the world. Okay, thank you. So were there some things at Taranjeet that you found surprising here? or anything that in these uh, survey results you didn't find surprising? Maybe you say, yeah, that's exactly the way it is in (laughs) India. Not very surprising because this is exactly where a lot of things are headed in India as well. I would say one of the major things that was surprising to see that it's happening world over as well was the fact about paid collaborations and I think the blurring of boundaries between marketing, digital and PR. Increasingly in India as well, a lot of PR agencies or PR professionals are being asked to wear multiple hats, but marketing is another one that we are getting to wear now. So there is a lot of learning, a lot of upskilling that is happening in the industry right now, because you have to be able to put out an entire communication plan that works for the marketing department. But at the same time, you need to have enough knowledge and backing about events, about digital PR, about digital marketing as well, so that you can add that on along with traditional PR. And that's imperative. So this whole area of the blurring of lines between marketing and public relations, which you were addressing, Mm -hmm. Taranjeet, about PR agencies taking on almost a function of an integrated marketing role. How are you finding that companies are responding to this? You know, are they willing to go to a PR agency for all of these different services? Do they still want kind of more of a siloed approach of the digital here and the PR here and the, the advertising over here? What's your sense of how companies are viewing the best way to put these services together for them? I think it primarily depends on the person in charge. If he or she has a good understanding of all these functions, they prefer to go to specialized agencies. But when it's not the case, then it, I think, typically depends on who has a better equation with the client. I mean, we would like to think that a PR agency would be able to, or a digital agency would be able to provide 
all the functions that are necessary for marketing but end of the day it all rests on who has a better relationship or association with them personally i feel the way we do it in our agency while we are able to give them a complete communication plan we look at a lot of traditional and digital pr but for the rest of it i think it's better to tie up with an expert and then you front end the entire thing because i think that's fair to the client as well you can try and hop on you know two different boats at the same time but then you lose out your own specialization when you do that so lee what is your agency's approach to this and what are you seeing among uh, your clients in terms of their expectations and preferences for a maybe a more integrated type of marketing service. Yeah, no, it's I think it's an interesting thing time and I think we're in a period of transition as well. I think one of the things first and foremost my agency is a PR agency and we do marketing, but we bring expertise yeah. in public relations and I think it's really important as as companies are looking at hiring agencies to look at who really truly has the expertise in these different areas that you're after. Our expertise first and foremost is, is PR and that's relationships with publics and management of influencers in other areas and that requires I think expertise as well as a former manager of mine once said it also requires some gray hair uh, because <laughs> in public relations every experience you've gone through you've learned something with. But what we've come to in our area is understand is that, that a lot of our clients are looking for some additional things that we also offer. We do branding work. We work with graphic designers. We do identity work. We do digital marketing. We create a, a lot of content, which is an interesting area in and of itself to think about. And we do some advertising. Uh, and I would say in our case, you know, if we were really looking at a creative campaign of some magnitude, we'd want to go partner with an outside expert that could do that. And you know, for us, we also bring in contractors and other experts where you know, we don't offer certain services. We're not videographers, for instance, so we'll bring those people in. But we've got an, an incredible address book of, of contacts out there, no great resources that can bring that in. So I think that's, that's a key question to be, for anybody evaluating at any type of agency. You know, what truly can you, can you bring to the table? I think also one of the benefits of the PR agency is because the PR professionals must thoroughly understand the company. I mean, they're really the guardians of the messaging and helping to develop that message. Correct. So it makes sense to be able to carry that out through all of these different channels and all of these different avenues of marketing and public relations Correct. for consistency and mm -hmm. to make sure that it has the maximum impact. We always start with a couple things whenever we start a, a relationship with a company. First off, we really want to understand their brand. So we want to look at their brand plan. We want to look at how they've defined themselves and make sure that everything we do, including how we sound, sounds like the brand. But then likewise, we want to know what their business plans are and expectations and be able to work from that. So those are at least our first two steps. Correct. <laughs> it does help uh, whenever we get started with a particular client. Along with the business plan, we do want to take a look at their marketing plans because like you rightly said, a PR plan has to kind of complement that. It has to yeah. meet your business goals. But, you know, it's interesting that the industry is in a state of flux right now. There was a point where the advertising guys were taking the lead. Currently, I think it's a war between the digital and the PR guys. So whoever can, you know, kind of put together a complete communication plan, which understands the brand, and then they can tell the client that this is what your brand needs and lead that with authority. That's the industry or vertical that will win. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, one of the things that came through in this survey was consistency in responses. We surveyed companies that were very small. There were billion-dollar companies in this survey. 
And they were, as we say, all over the world on four different continents and had different experiences, you know, some working with PR agencies, some not. But one of the consistencies, I think, is the value that is placed on public relations. They all saw it as being key to supporting their company's business goals. And as such, they also saw their budgets remaining stable or increasing. One of the things I thought we should comment about is the ability of these companies to, and us, to measure results. Because obviously, having made the decision to make this consistent investment in PR and seeing that its value is that it supports company goals, they want to see how effective it is. So let's talk for a minute about measurement. And some of the responses indicated that they're using different ways to measure, using social media metrics more to measure. What are you seeing, Taranjeet, in your, the expectation of the companies you work for mm-hmm. in terms of how to measure the results of your work? So there are two ways that are happening that are there, exist in the industry right now. One is still the ancient, archaic ad value analysis. It still exists. It's a bane, but it's there, right? <laughs> I think this is a hangover from an earlier generation. Till it moves out, it's still going to exist. The other way which we are trying to move forward with is a qualitative analysis which we look at where based on a company, you can map out the publications within the traditional media that are really, really important for them, where you need to be seen, when you need to be seen, and why you need to be seen there, and the stories that you develop there. So in a year, a client will typically look at how much of that has been achieved. And that basically also decides your bonus and your additional increment that you look at after a year. On the digital front, it's pretty easy because there are lots of matrices that exist already. And it's very easy for a client to judge on digital PR, what is the kind of return, what is the kind of engagement and uh, viewership that they've gotten from it. Lee, what about you? It's always an interesting topic in public relations, looking at measurement. And I know here in the United States, the Public Relations Society of America is undertaking a whole new effort to, to look at that. Where we always like to start with all of our clients is to talk to them about what success looks like. So, you know, at the end of this campaign, what do you want to see happen? Where do you want to see stories appear? What do you want those headlines potentially to look like? What are the key metrics that make a a difference with your marketing group, with your C-suite and other areas? And to Taranjeet's point as well, there are certain parts of a company that are really going to look at those digital metrics. Uh, Because they want to look at, you know, how is this really driving sales? Um, Is it driving website traffic? Uh, What sort of conversions are we making here? So where we start is with a conversation about, you know, what does the end look like? What is it really? What do you want it have it be? And it could be that, yeah, you want not only, you know, these four great stories and these four great media outlets, but it could also be, you know, we want to know the top 20 people in the community that are really making a difference and make sure they understand what we're doing and why we're doing that as well. And it's been interesting. I've been doing some auditing of of other PR agencies' websites recently, and I'm seeing people starting to define not only public relations, but they're including the term influencer relations in that as well. So, And those are absolutely key. So again, I think it, it, it starts with a really honest conversation with the client. If I may add to that, it's interesting, you know, because while there are broad parameters that exist, but I think each client, each individual is a different definition of success, like yep. you said. Yep. It's interesting to know that internationally, there is framework that exists in terms of how you measure the impact of a PR campaign for that matter. Yeah. I think in India, it's still in a very nascent stage. Mm-hmm. And we hope that in the next four or five years, we will be able to develop a framework 
the organization bodies that are there in india and now kind of you know trying to gear up to develop a, a broad framework on how you can measure the impact of pr campaigns yeah so it's a fascinating time and and it's fun i mean it's it i think it holds uh, public relations professionals feet to the fire to be able to see some of these yeah. uh these key digital metrics and conversions and also i think though it's important to i think advise people that some of this this effort takes time I mean, you don't just, you know, get a major hit right out of the out of the gate and everything's done and over with. Sometimes these campaigns can take months or longer to really have have it work. So I think it's worthy of a very good discussion and know that it's going to be an integrated effort uh, across lots of different platforms and mediums and that we all need to work together honestly and directly to see what's working and what's not. If it's not working, time to tweak and, and talk about that. Yes, and I think we've come upon a very important shift in expectations and focus for our uh, industry, which is that of the influencers. And I had a conversation with a, cl- a new client the other day, say, these are the people I want to be connected with. You know, these mm-hmm. are the influencers in the industry. And you know, that's part of your job is to make sure not only are you developing thought leadership for me, but that these people know who I am and, and respect what I do. I think the other thing that's interesting thinking about influencers is, to, and I think a lot of people, companies overlook employees. And I'm starting to see with some of our clients that they want to put employees first, make sure that they really know what we're doing and why, that they know what the key messages are, that they're involved and can communicate as well, because they've got a huge network out here as social media is so predominantly important. Uh, You want employees Mm -hmm. to be able to know what's going on and talk about it. You know, that's a very important aspect because increasingly for all our clients, what we've started doing is term this as internal PR, Mm. where we've, you know, trying to help them understand that while you can do a lot of external PR, one internal employee who goes out there and says, hey, this is bullshit. (laughs) There goes your entire PR campaign. Right. You know, there's nothing that you can do about it because who is the person influencer going to believe? A media outlet out there or a person who's actually working in the company? So we are working with a lot of our clients now to help them understand how to create brand ambassadors mm. out of their entire workforce. If you are employing 100, 200 people, there are 200 influencers out there who you can uh, captive audience for you. Mm-hmm. you know, help them understand, help them buy into your entire why of doing business and what you're doing out there. And you have around 100, 200 influencers working for you without yeah. you having to invest any real money out there. That's a great point. And back to your, your bullshit com- comment, uh, which I appreciate. I think the other thing is to be able to make it open to employees to call that on us and say, hey, you know, w- we see this issue that you need to be working on, or here's, here's a potential hole over here that you need to be looking at and make sure that they really are bought in and helping improve whatever the product is that, that you're out communicating about. They're the bug fixers, right? That's what you call <laughs> That's, them? Oh, <laughs> I love that. I had not heard that before. I love that. Yeah. It, but, uh, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, well, yes, it but. happened with one of our clients where uh, they wanted to be known as one of the best HR policy makers out there. And after a particular story, one of the employees came up and told us the exact same statement. You know, yeah. that's where it comes in from. Yeah. And then it dawned on us that this also needs to be working. You know, you need to work on this hand in hand. Yeah. Just an external PR campaign will not help. Yeah. No, it's got to be authentic. And you've got to, if there's some some issues that need to be addressed, you need to, you need to fix them and, uh, and listen. Employees are filled with great ideas and suggestions and they need to be heard. True. And things maybe that you don't want to hear that need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the survey indicated the importance of content creation, and that's become more and more an accepted term and word 
But let's talk specifically about what it means. You know, what are the expectations in terms of content creation and what are your roles in doing that? Mm-hmm. What do you find is most effective? Okay. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'll go this time. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting question, and it does start with you know, who's your audience. And you know, we're, World Cup is going on right now, which is fabulous, and it's a global you know crazy football uh, audience. But you know, your audience may be adults, it may be kids, so your content's going to be different, perhaps depending on who you're trying to reach, and and that also I think leads you back to your brand and asking you know, what's going to benefit our brand as we do that. But content today is a whole variety of different sort of avenues. It does go back to what we humans do always and have since we were uh, first uh, invented here on this planet, which is storytelling. It's, you know, what are really great, compelling stories? Do they add up? Are they emotional? Are they thoughtful? Do they connect with that audience? And then how do you want to tell those stories? And that could be in the digital realm. It could be in the print realm. It could be in the face-to-face or event realm. You do a lot of events, Taranji. (laughs) So I think it it comes back to that. But content is king, but the stories have have to be great and have to resonate. As PR consultants or communication consultants, you end up playing the devil's advocate out mm-hmm. there. As a brand custodian, you know, while there is so much of content out there from a digital agency, from a PR agency, from external con- consultants and the brand managers, if they like World Cup, they want something out there on the, you know, on their social media handles, which talk about this content. It might not be relevant for their brand. So as brand custodians, we you typically end up playing the devil's advocate and telling them to stay true mm-hmm. to the brand. We become, we become the, I think, the bad cops at that point of time. But I think it's very essential in the long run. The client and the brand really appreciate what we bring to the table because somebody has to stand up there and say, this does not belong to the brand. You know, this is not the brand messaging. You can't put this particular content up there. Yeah, PR people are paid not just to tell you nice things about yourself. We're we're here to bust you on things, to to ask the the yes but questions, to mm-hmm. to challenge and make sure it's really right because if it's not really right, things can go terribly wrong. So, you pay us for that and if your agency isn't telling you anything but platitudes, go kick them uh because we we are really paid to help you look at things from a 360 degree sort of look and make sure that it's working for all your audiences as well as those that you're not thinking True. And one other thing I'd like to address about the survey is, and it's related to content, but also a focus not just on earned media, but also on paid Mm. or sponsored media. And there have been, as we know, many changes with the news media in the last 5, 10, 15 years. The pool of opportunity for earned media, in a sense, is really shrinking. Mm -hmm. So sponsored media has really proliferated as a way to get a message out and communicate. Could you address that in terms of the focus of of the PR agency, how that might have changed, how this kind of paid content now might be a part of your role? Okay, so a lot of agencies now, especially in, in India, have started adding this on as a separate department for paid collaborations and advertorials and native advertising, as they call it. Another subtle way of saying that it's advertised content. But I think the key now, you know, because it's it's a very weird situation. It's a tough situation for PR agencies as well, because space is reducing, editorial space is reducing, not just in print, but also in television, digital as well. So we're having to figure out our way through it. You know, you have to find a middle path because you definitely can't advocate to clients that pay them and get the news out. We are storytellers. We need to make sure that the story is good enough for the journalist or the media house to take it up. So 
uh, what we've done with my agency uh, specifically is we we're looking at a client and looking at what is it if editorially it cannot be achieved we look at what is the best way other than just giving them money and telling them let's get an article out we're looking at some kind of collaboration that can happen which will at least reach out to the influencers in some way or the other this could be in the form of an event this could be in the form of maybe product placements that can happen out there or it could be a cause that the client can be associated with which the media house is doing great point uh, you know it's an interesting time back to blurring it could be the title of this uh, of this <laughs> podcast but uh, obviously there's been a lot of blurring between earned and paid and advertorial and sponsored and and all of that and and it's in now in different uh, states of evolution in different True. regions of the world as well europe has obviously been pay to play region for a lot longer than here in the United States, which is becoming more pay-to-play here, which has been interesting to watch. It's been interesting also watching news media outlets start starting to change the way they describe themselves. I'm hearing newspapers, what were television stations, now call themselves as content companies. So, and, and that you know gets into some of the stuff that we do as PR people as well. I think in our profession, you know, first and foremost, you know, this area needs to be really guided by our our values and our code of ethics as an industry. We just can't go out and buy this, that or the other thing. And if we do, we need to be transparent about it so people know what's what's sponsored and what's not. It is interesting to Terranjeet's point, too. I mean, these new staffs or what were new staffs, they're now content staffs, have gotten thinner and thinner and thinner. So in many cases, they are picking up a press release and they're cutting and pasting it and taking your photo and putting it in their articles. And that could be the newspaper in my hometown getting something from the transit authority, which they do pick up and just run. It's an interesting time. I think we have to be smart how we do this. We will do um, advertorials or sponsored content, but we'll make sure that's known. We will also write things that media can use using our byline and citing us as the company that provided that content. And in that case, it wouldn't be paid for. So it's a new era. We're always trying to help journalists do their work. And in some cases, we're helping them with their content very directly as well. Thank you. So we're getting close to the end of our podcast. I'd like to ask each of you if you had anything else you wanted to add to the discussion that maybe we hadn't covered in terms of surprises in the survey, differences in your own markets that you might be seeing from some of the survey results, ways in which these results might be guiding you in the future. The survey has been very interesting because it reinforces what you know about the entire market. It's great to be sharing this with clients and letting them know that world over it's the same thing. But having said that, you know, during this entire discussion, we were also discussing about paid collaborations, lots of other ways that we look at doing PR or furthering the cause of the client. I think it's uh, very important for us to understand that educating the client is also one of the biggest tasks that we need to take Mm. up. Because while they get very bedazzled by so many options out there, and some of them asking them for direct money and saying, here, we'll give you the front page of the publication the next day. I think it's up to us then to, again, be the brand custodian and be the light out there (laughs) and tell them what is important for them and what is not important for them. Because end of the day, I think customers are not fools. They're also as informed as all of us now. Everything is at their fingertips. And I think they believe a lot with blogs, a lot of common boards, uh, common discussions that happen out there in the digital media as well. So a client needs to understand that they can't fool their audiences. They have to work with a PR agency to be able to bring in at least some amount of authenticity to every activity that they put out there. It's a great point. I think also what I'm seeing in our industry is there are companies and organizations that are enlightened and have PR in the room where all the important decisions are being made. 
I think the ones that don't have PR in the room, when they're really talking about critical issues, those are going to really suffer. So I think companies and other organizations need to make sure that PR is always there when there was there's a critical decision in front, giving honest and direct advice. And I loved your point. I mean, people need to understand what PR is and isn't. And they also need to be able to take input that may be <laughs> challenging to what they think they're going to be doing and listen to it well and have a good discussion about that. Because if they don't listen to it, boy, you just see organizations over and over again. And I'm sure all of us having this conversation today, we just we, when we watch the news, you can see. Okay, well, that that person's going to get fired as CEO. They just blew that or, you know, and then you see excellent organizations like Starbucks with their training that they did here in the U.S. last month. That was just, I mean, that's, they're enlightened. PR was listened to. So I think that's, that's going to be key as well. But uh, you want to have thoughtful, experienced PR people internally and externally. Sometimes it's external because, and interesting, I'd never worked for a PR agency until I started this one. And you need sometimes a, a third party to come in and tell the truth when you know that your your own people aren't going to listen to you. So that's another good reason to have a, a good PR agency. It's always wonderful working with clients who give you a seat at the head table. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of clients that we love working with. So I tell all my clients, your doctor, your lawyer, and your CA, and your PR person, you have to tell them everything that's going on in your yeah. company. <laughs> mm, mm. Full perfect perfect <laughs> that reminds me of a of a, a client that i worked with for many years a large public company and they did have pr in the room and they would awesome. the chief executives would say is this in line with our mission what Great. is our mission yep and needless to say that company was very very successful yep. and mm-hmm. did act in congruence with stated their stated goals and their stated mission and their stated values yeah which created a, a kind of equity for them that is as uh, they say priceless yeah priceless mm-hmm. fabulous that brings us to our conclusion I'd like to invite everybody to visit the PRBI website prboutiques.com to learn more about our members find other people Pieces of good advice. Read more about the survey. You can download the entire results. And I'd like to thank Lee for being with us today and also Taryn Jeet. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thanks, Joy. Welcome everyone to the PRBI podcast, Chats with the Experts, where we look at insights into communication trends, topics around the world. PRBI is Public Relations Boutiques International. We're a global network of PR agencies run by senior practitioners dedicated to strategic counseling, high impact results, and personal service. And this podcast series is designed to bring together expert voices to provide practical information on the changing world of PR, improving communications, and how practitioners and clients around the world can solve many of the communication challenges that we face today. I'm Joyce Scott, the moderator. I'm the head of Scott Public Relations. We are a boutique agency specializing in healthcare, insurance, and technology serving companies worldwide. Today, our topic is to look at the state of international PR results from a global survey. And our guest today is Peter Kaiser from Lubbers de Jong Agency in Amsterdam. Peter, would you like to introduce yourself? Good morning. Thank you for having me here in your podcast. My name is Suzette Peter, Peter Kaiser in Dutch, because that's where I'm coming from. We are an agency in Amsterdam, Holland, focusing on technology. And we call it PR, but in the, the, this space is very much you know, dynamic. 
and it's changing from PR into marketing. And so we cover those areas, but mainly focusing on all sorts of companies who has a sort of a technology proposition. Okay, thank you. We wanted to talk about the results of an international survey that PRBI has just completed of 32 firms located all over the world. And one of the findings was an area you were just talking about, about the blending between PR and marketing. These companies are responding that the disciplines are becoming closer. They also are recognizing the value of PR in terms of reaching their corporate objectives and see that as being a key part of their marketing efforts. But at the same time, some surprising findings, the importance of content creation to these companies, the importance of social media now in terms of coming up with some metrics. I'd like to ask if you found these results surprising, if they are reflective of what you're seeing in companies in 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 your geography. Well, it, it definitely confirms a, a big trend. So it's been going on for quite some time. Big trend of integration of all these sort of marketing activities in general. PR is obviously one of them, has been. And the other end uh, on the table, we have, of course, the publishing world, who has been changing in Holland already for quite some time. One of the characteristics of Holland is it's a very small country. So we have about 17 million people in our language space. And therefore, we've been also very you know, focused on being very efficient. And we're one of the first who've been moving moving to the online space. So a lot of print has been disappearing in the past already. We gained some experience in online. I don't think the publishers have it all worked out yet, but it's clearly that we've been around in that area for some time. To mention some examples, there in the trade space, there's a lot of new models coming up where advertisers don't pay per ad, but they just give up some lump sum money per year to be mentioned in their articles, to be mentioned in content, and ads don't really appear in the magazine. The same, uh, obviously, in the online era. So there's a sort of a more sponsored model than an advertising model. These publications have been around for the last five years and they're actually doing quite well. Now we see this trend also moving up from, let's say, trade into more vertical areas. And I even see them moving up into a more general space. You know, there are sites in Holland who've been starting news from day one online only, never been into print. And they clearly are adding efficiencies on a sort of a daily basis and getting really smart into sort of branded content, magazines or publications. So that's already happening for some time, yeah. So is this an area in which your agency is now working with clients in terms of helping them to direct and and manage this sponsored content? Yeah, absolutely. So we we first of all, it helped them to sort of get a a media contract Mm -hmm. directly to the publisher. We can generate that content for them. We can time it for them. And we do it together with the publisher, depending on the negotiation we do. On the other hand, there's also a lot of content which needs to be timed in, in a series. So this whole planning cycles we can do for them and then make sure that we pick the right themes for them to pick the right uh, subjects. That's where we help them. And basically, you know, if you take a good look in the external media, the importance of your own media is getting bigger and bigger. So a lot of the content got to be very smartly produced, so to say, that it's it's adding value, adding layers, one on the external content, one on the internal content, one on your own blog post, one on your colleague's blog post, so to say. So all these layers are being put to place together with our clients and the media partners. Now, I know in the U.S., such content needs to be labeled sponsored content or advertising. Is that the case in Holland and in Europe, or is it indistinguishable from say, something that a journalist might write and report on. 
Well, it's it's basically not always as clear as you would like to have it. I'm not really clear after the GDPR came into place whether the effect now is being been sorted. In general, it would be good for the reader to understand where it's coming from. But whether it's now clear or not so clear, it's, it's not really come to a sort of a final uh, on that. What about the area of metrics? And some of our respondents in the survey were saying they are using social media quite a bit more to manage the impact of their campaigns. What are you seeing? How are companies measuring impact? How are they expecting it to be measured by their agency partners? Yeah, well, the the clear thing of, you know, internet is online means digital means you can measure it. So that's a good thing. So we do measure and always have been measuring, but the details of measuring are getting more specific. I see two movements. One is, let's say, on the reach and the quality of reach. There's a lot of involvement. But on the other end, if you take a little bit higher, the the sea levels want to know ROI. And and that sort of moves directly forward into the marketing automation arena, where if you log on your leads on a very clear and transparent way into your systems in brands or in branded environments, then it's very clear to trace all what's following up from there. But not all clients have figured that one out to really source the lead when it comes into the system. There are certain clients, you know, who, who has this already, that's very efficient. But I see a lot of companies struggling in that mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's, it's a lot of measurement uh, in the reach. But on the measurement of ROI, you know, the, the people are slowly moving to a conclusion in, uh, in adding marketing automation. And, and that measuring ROI requires kind of a close supervision of where the responses come from, what happens to them, and where they go, so and when they ultimately turn into a lead. So that does require a fair amount of sophistication and attention. I think we're seeing the same thing happening here in the United States is... Certain basic metrics are available, like website traffic, requests for information, but then in terms of managing the contact beyond that, I think that requires involvement of the sales team and more sophisticated attention and and system. And it really has to be, most of the time, we find that's driven by the company, the internal marketing staff. Sometimes they may want our involvement in that to really look at a a very integrated type of a program, but I think it's the kind of at the same in the same situation where we're evolving the complete way in which to manage ROI measurements. Now, uh, yesterday also, we had some experts involved in talking with us about the phenomenon of fake news. And is this something that is impacting clients? I know it's certainly very impactful in the political environment, but is this something that is an issue in your markets or for your companies at this point in time? Yes, well, it, it is an interesting phenomenon. Misinformation, uh, as I'd like to call it, uh, has been around for quite some time. And it has been part of a lot of strategy, so to say. So this is not a new phenomena. I think uh, by uh, just ignoring the, the facts, and if it's you know, if it's not suiting your own strategies by calling it fake, that's a new phenomena, which is basically just you know try to manipulate the people without any substance and behind. So this is not so much the worrying part. I think it stimulates our clients to be very clear and specific what and when they want to say their message. And this is something, you know, you have to more repeat what you believe in and repeat your vision rather than 
to react on the fact that somebody is misinforming it under the, the label of fake. In the tech space, I don't see this so much of an issue. It is uh, it's sort of a major league uh, manipulation for people who are not informed. This is uh, what I can yeah, clearly see. So since you're working in the tech space a lot, could you maybe give us some insights there into the challenges, the goals of these tech companies? You know, what, what kind of tech companies are there? What kind of tech companies you're working with? And some insights into what their needs are and what you are doing for them now. Yeah, the tech space has evolved, let's say, from the, the era of nerds becoming uh, CEOs. And this has been happening for some time. On the other hand, you know, there's technology in, in almost everything today. We started 30 years ago in information technology. And today this has been evolving to fintech, to marketing tech, to clean tech, to data tech, to ad tech. Basically, every little activity you c- where you can word the word, add the word tech, this is an interesting era. And with this means there's always a technology vision using the technology opportunities which are there and which are coming up in the near future and have a have this encompassed in your vision of the company and in the brand this is the, the prime challenge and uh, given what you told us earlier about holland and being a small confined country i wanted to ask if you are seeing some of these same trends in in the rest of europe and are you you marketing also your clients outside of holland as well Yes, well, it, clearly Europe is a is a very cohesive part of the world. I would say there's a difference in north and south, and in let's say economical development. And obviously, we have our language challenges, but this is you know common sense for us. There's not so much major major differences in between these countries, except you have to adapt to the local rules. I think that's the major challenge. The differences in how public relations is done that you were describing about the sponsorship opportunities, more of the branded content, are you finding that that's true throughout Europe as well? What I can see, uh, and talking to my colleagues, there are the same developments. I see a, a difference, let's say, in the larger countries like the UK, Germany, and France. They are more mainstream comparable to the US, and they're surrounded by the smaller countries with lower, uh, let's say, quantities of reach. There's more specific requirements. So yes, I would say the larger and the smaller countries, they are different. But the, if, you, if you look at the large publishers in Germany or in England or in France, they are really thinking ahead. Look at Springer, what they're doing. They're really advanced in their digital strategies. So yes, there's a lot of stuff moving there. So having the digital strategy is really critical for any kind of communication campaign, no matter you know where you might be in Europe or in the United States. Exactly. I mean, look at what how people consume their news or consume their background stories. This is where it starts. From all the research it says that, you know, the young generation is not using magazines, is not reading papers, is not, you know, using the old old style, the old economy uh, media anymore uh, and using the social feeds and, you know, their, their networks to be informed. Crucial for us is to make sure that the sources where the news is coming from, that they are validated and stand for a certain quality. And you have to adapt and adopt to these new uh, means and new networks, and otherwise you never get your message across. Well, it sounds like the results of the survey are certainly reflective of the trends, the developing issues that you, and practices that you're seeing in your geography and a, in your agency. Was there anything else, Peter, that you might want to comment on in terms of the survey itself for our discussion today? 
Well, there, there, just maybe to come back to the specifics of, of the Netherlands or Holland, as you say, there are two initiatives which I really like to uh, bring forward again. On the one hand, we have started, or we had uh, this new company called Blendel coming up already a couple of years ago, but they're moving ex and expanding into Europe and the US now by selling articles per piece. This is an interesting phenomena that you can buy, let's say, 10 cents for reading one article and you can select it on an online environment you can read it in your app it's very convenient so you read per article on the other hand we have initiatives like the correspondent which is a dutch word for correspondence where it's really focused on quality research journalism on its own and and that is also this interesting environment where you pay a subscription per month and this this will pay for the journalist to do extensive research and come up with a sort of a beyond the news type of background story Stories. And these initiatives do well on both sides, eh, per article and the real paid journalism. So these are interesting initiatives, which I think deserve more attention and a sort of a wider implementation in other countries as well. Very interesting, some of these new communication models that are developing. Yeah. Yeah. Everything old is new again, and we really have to stay on top of these trends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hard work. Well, thank you very much, Peter. I really appreciate your time. want to thank you for your participation in this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the PRBI Insider featuring members of the PR Boutique's International Association. Never miss an episode. Go to prbiinsider.com and follow us in your favorite podcast app or subscribe via email. Learn more about PRBI at prboutiques.com.